captivity. Nebuchadnezzar had stolen the vessels and the king of the Chaldees had destroyed the temple down to its foundation. Beginning with verse 1. Now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled. The Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and put it also in writing, saith, Thus saith Cyrus, king of Persia, The Lord God of heaven hath given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and he hath charged me to build him an house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Who is there among you of all his people? His God be with him. And let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah, and build the house of the Lord God of Israel. He is the God which is in Jerusalem. Would you pray with me before we're seated? Jesus, we love you. We're so thankful for what we feel in this house here tonight. Lord, I just pray right now that the ministry of the Word and the Spirit would have free course in this room here tonight. Lord, I pray that great expectation, that great faith uh, would arise in this house uh, and that you would pour out of your Spirit uh, upon all flesh here tonight. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. You may be seated. When I was uh, a young man, I, um, I learned very early in life. I, I, I had three other siblings, so there was four of us. And, and I learned very early in life that if I wanted to have some of the niceties of life that I desired, that I was going to need to have some money. And uh, I remember asking my mom for the latest and greatest stuff. I said, Mom... I want the new Air Jordans. I know I just dated myself there. Well, wait for this one, right? I said, not only do I want some Air Jordans, Mom, I want a Walkman. Anybody remember those? Yeah, I wanted a Walkman. <laughs> exactly. That's what she did. She laughed. She laughed. And she said, well, if you want those things, you better get a J-O-B. Hallelujah. I could stop and preach to the young ladies right here, but I'll, I'll let it go. I'll let it go. And so I, uh, I knew I needed to get a job, and so I, I started looking. I was only 15, and I couldn't drive yet. And there was a little health club near our house, and they had a sign out by the road that said, Now Hiring. I said, Man, I don't know what they need, but whatever it is, I can do it. And so I walked in there very confidently, and I said, Saw your sign outside, you can go ahead and take it down, now I'm here. And uh, they said, okay, they, were, they weren't nearly as impressed with my confidence as I was. And so they slid an application across the table, and they said, well, we need you to fill out this application. And how many of you ever been through the application process? Not a fun process. And uh, I said, okay, and so they slid it across the table, and, and the first thing there that they wanted to know was my name. So I filled out my name, Ventura Sean Azzolini. Exactly, silence. And so they said, we're going to need to see some ID because that name sounds made up, right? And uh, so I said, Mom, I need to get an ID. I got to prove that I am who I say I am. 
And so she gave me a copy of my birth certificate, and I took it down there, and I said, see? It says right here, Ventura Sean Azzolini. And so I continued filling out the application, and the next thing they wanted to know is they wanted to know about my past. They wanted to know about my history, if I had any experience to do the things that they were wanting me to do. In this case, thank the Lord, my mom made me work around the house, which was all the experience I needed because they were basically just looking for an odds and ends kind of guy. And I, I said, I can do that. I can do that. And uh, they wanted to know if I had ever done anything to mar my history, if I had ever done anything that would inhibit me from performing the task that they were wanting to hire me for. Well, I'm glad to tell you tonight that I had never done anything that prohibited me from cleaning racquetball courts. And so they hired me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And after they hired me, they gave me something that I wasn't expecting. They gave me a new ID, and they slid that identification across the counter, had my my picture on it, and, and it had my credentials on there. And that, that ID granted me access to the health club. And it granted me benefits because not only did I get to come and clean the racquetball courts, but I got a membership to the health club. Hallelujah. I got fringe benefits. It was my first time ever having fringe benefits. And as you can tell, I've been going to the health club ever since. Hallelujah. The children of Israel were in a very similar situation. They were in a situation where there was a job to be done, a journey to be made, but the only qualification that they needed was to prove that they were a child of Israel. They had to show that they were Israelites. I'm going to read to you a few more scriptures. Ezra chapter 2 Verses 59 through 63. And these were they which went up from Telmala, Telharsip, Cherub, Aden, and Emer. But they could not show their father's house and their seed whether they were of Israel. They didn't have the proper credentials. The children of Deliah. The children of Tobiah, the children of Nakoda, 650 and 2. And of the children of the priests, the children of Habiah, the children of Kaz, the children of Barzillai, which took a wife of the daughters of Barzillai, the Gileadite, and was called after their name. Look at your neighbor and say, it was the children. These sought their register among those that were reckoned by genealogy, but they were not found. Therefore, were they as polluted and put from the priesthood? And the Tershatha, which was the governor of that region, said unto them that they should not eat of the most holy things till there stood up a priest with Urim and Thummim. They were denied access. They were denied benefits because they couldn't show that they were of the house of Israel. I'm going to tell you right now, 
That's why the enemy has always been after the identity of the church. He realizes uh, that with your identity comes access. Uh, with your identity comes benefits. Uh, and so he's been working from the dawn of time uh, to try to steal the identity of the church uh, because he knows uh, that if you know you're not a child of Israel, uh, if you believe that you are not of the lineage uh, of the one that saved you, uh, that you will walk without power, uh, that you will walk without access, uh, that you will walk without authority. So he's been trying to pluck it out of the church for thousands of years. For 70 years, they had been in captivity. Three and a half generations of people. When you think about that, I want you to think about the fact that there were children that were born into captivity. Children who were now facing the consequence for sins that they did not commit. Children who were paying the price for the sins of great grandma and great grandpa and mom and dad. Children who were now suffering the consequences of the mistakes of those that came before them. And the Tarshatha was telling them, that's part of your identity now. These consequences are something you're going to have to live with because of those that came before you because you can't prove that you're not like they were. I can tell you that I wrestled with this as a young man. I remember the call of God coming upon my life. And I remember I wanted to respond. I wanted to answer that call. But the enemy was there. And he was reminding me, hey, you're just a nobody from nowhere. You're just from a little town that nobody's ever heard of. Uh, don't you think that you can escape uh, the history of your family? Uh, don't you think uh, that you can ever break free uh, from the alcoholism uh, and the drug use uh, that permeated your family? Uh, don't you ever think that your future is going to look any different uh, than your past? Uh, yeah, maybe you didn't do it, uh, but I know the cesspool that you came from. Uh, so don't you think uh, that you could ever experience anything different? And when I felt that call, the enemy was right there saying, come on, let me remind you. Let me remind you about where you came from. Tell me, Vinny Azzolini, what makes you think that the lineage in your past would ever allow you to do anything in the kingdom of God? It's what these children were suffering with. It's what these generations were fighting in this hour, when the king said, show me some ID. And then the governor came up with Urim and Thummim. And there's a lot of conjecture about Urim and Thummim. But the, the, the general consensus is, is that Urim and Thummim were a couple of objects that the priest would keep in his vesture. And when the will of God needed to be known and they didn't know what to do, they would cast down Urim and Thummim. And depending on how these objects would lay, they would make a decision. And so here we have thousands of people whose fate is left up to chance. 
How does one who's been taken captive prove his identity? How does one without credentials prove their lineage? How does someone caught in the aftermath of someone else's failure prove that they are not the same way as those that came before them? See, it wasn't the job of the children to keep their records, to keep their birth certificates. It was mom and dad's job. It was grandma and grandpa's job. Let me tell you right now, they're going to remember every time you said, hey, let's just sleep in and skip church. The enemy's going to bring that back up in the future and say, hey, church was optional when you were a kid. Don't you think it has to be mandatory now? Those decisions that you make right now are going to revisit the generations that come after you later. The priest said, show me you're an Israelite. Show me you're really anointed. Was your daddy a preacher? Is your mama a respected woman of God? Prove that you're really called. Did you come to youth group? Did you come to prayer meeting? What Bible school did you graduate from? What church did you grow up in? Who's your pastor? If you can't prove it, then move it. So the decree of the king essentially said that without the right credentials, you can't return to the work of God and you can't return to Judah. Without the right papers, you can't return to praise. Without proving who your mom and dad are, your worship will not be welcome here. No identity equals no praise. Which begs the question, who do we worship? If we don't know who we belong to, if he can steal your identity, then he can cause you to question your God. If we don't know whose we are, then how do we know who we are? What is our purpose without an identity to anchor it to? If he can steal your identity, he can strip you of purpose and rob you of your future the devil can steal your identity in Christ, then he can rob you of your authority to use the name of Jesus. If he can steal your identity in your heritage, he can rob you of your access and bring you into captivity. But you guys already know that I came tonight with good news. See, there's a verse in the Bible, Hebrews 9 and 15, tells me this. I want you to point to yourself and say, this cause. This cause. For this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament. That by means of death... For the redemption of the transgressions that were under the first testament. They which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. I came here to tell you today that you are no longer bound by the decree of Cyrus. There is a new qualifier. There is a new mediator that advocates for your place in the kingdom and his name is Jesus Christ. 
See, it's not up to Urim and Thummim anymore. It's not up to chance anymore. See, the world says that your future is determined by your environment, by your social economic status, by your geography, by the color of your skin, by your last name, or by your history. But God said, that's the philosophy of Urim and Thummim. That's the doctrine of chance. And Jesus decided he wasn't going to leave it up to chance anymore. So he took the whole system to court and he represented himself. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Oh, hallelujah. An advocate is somebody with the authority to negotiate on your behalf. And the great advocate has stood in the courtroom of eternity and negotiated a deal on your behalf. And here's the settlement. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage, of Babylon, of captivity, again to fear. But you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The mediator has adopted you. When you were born again, you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. What does that mean? It means the advocate is now your daddy. The mediator is now your father. The only one with authority over all kings just signed your paperwork and made you one of his kids. Your destiny is not bound by the disaster of your past. Your future is made sure by the advocate that adopted you. See, now when the enemy comes up to you and says, let's see some ID, no problem. Let me just pull out my adoption papers signed in the blood of Jesus and say, look, I am who I say I am. I'm a son of the great I am. Read it and weep, devil. I got an advocate. I got a mediator. I'm a child of Israel. Oh, Saintsville, hear me tonight. Ye are children of Israel. Ye are children of Israel. But you got to believe it. You got to step into that identity that he's given to you. You got to begin to take use of the access and the benefits that he's given to you.
See, all of us are going to have a moment like Moses where we realize we don't belong in the surroundings that we are in. We don't belong in this world. I refuse to be called a son of Pharaoh's daughter. No longer am I going to allow the enemy to identify me with a lost and dying world around me because I know exactly who I am. And now when condemnation shows up uh, and says, Vinny, you can't do that. Uh, I say, oh, yes, I can. Uh, I'm a child of Israel. Uh, oh, yes, I can. Uh, I'm a child of Israel. Come on, some of you uh, have been living below the level uh, of access that he's given to you. Uh, you need to stop uh, letting the enemy come into your house uh, and beat up your family. Uh, you need to step over uh, the threshold of your home uh, and say in the name uh, of Jesus Christ, uh, I speak peace uh, into my family. Uh, I speak peace uh, into my marriage. Uh, in the name uh, of Jesus, uh, I take authority uh, over that infirmity, uh, over that affliction. Uh, why? Uh, because I'm allowed to. Uh, because I'm his. Uh, because I'm a child uh, of Israel. Brother Richard, you mentioned it today, and I knew what I was preaching tonight when you started talking about the prodigal this afternoon. See, when that prodigal came home, that father put a robe around him, said, let me cover up that mess. Put shoes on his feet, said, here, your steps are going to be ordered from here on out. Then he put that ring on his hand. And said, son, don't you forget, you got the family name. And you can use my name everywhere that you go. You know what he was doing? He was restoring the benefits. He was restoring the benefits. Some of you have been living a roller coaster life. And every time you trip and fall or make a mistake, the enemy's there to try to keep you down. It's time to stop listening to the voice of the adversary and say, hey, just because I messed up doesn't mean I'm not one of his kids. Just because I failed out doesn't mean I'm not a child of Israel anymore. My advocate's still on the throne and I'm still gonna use my daddy name when we begin to suffer with that guilt that condemnation so many times it's evident when we come to the house of God because we struggle to lift our hands we struggle to lift our voice we struggle to lift that praise to the Lord because the enemy's right there saying, no, I know who you are. I know what mistakes you made. Don't you think you can ever separate yourself 
from the times that you've fallen down. That's who you are. No, that's not who I am. Maybe that's a part of my flesh, but that's not who I am. See, I'm a son of God. I walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. Maybe my flesh gets the best of me sometimes, but that's not who I am. That's the old man. And day by day, I'm putting him on the cross. I'm mortifying the deeds of this flesh so I can walk in newness of life every day. Some of you need to start taking this home with you. We show up bound Sunday after Sunday dealing with the same chains we dealt with last week. Why is that? Because you'd only put on your child of Israel hat on Sunday. That's why. Let me tell you something. If you go home with the identity that he gave you, when you walk through that door, every devil in hell is going to run out the back door. They're going to say, oh my God, he's a blood pot, child of God. I see the name of Jesus on his life. Oh, I wonder what would happen if you would walk through the door of your home and say in the name of Jesus, this is going to be a house of prayer. In the name of Jesus, joy is going to reside in my home. Peace is going to dwell in my family. I'll tell you what would happen at church if we would do that at home. Maybe the roof would come off of this thing two minutes into every service because you'd walk in here victorious. You'd walk in here with a dance. You'd walk in here with a shout. You'd walk in here with a song in your spirit because all week long you've been walking like a child of Israel. You may be seated. See, they were trying to get back to Judah. They're trying to get back to praise. The Bible says they hung their harps in Babylon. There's no song there. There's no praise there. But in Ezra chapter 3... They gathered around that foundation. And with one voice, they began to sing again. You know why they began to sing? Because their identity had been restored. For the first time in 70 years, they remembered who they were. Fast forward to Acts chapter 16. Paul and Silas in a prison cell, bloody, beaten, bruised, in the dark. You already know what he did. They sang. Why? 
What's the difference? I'll tell you the difference. Because in Ezra, somebody had to validate who they were. Nobody has to tell me that I'm in Torazzolini. You know why? Because I know who my mom is. I know who my dad is. I know what my birth certificate says. I know what my social security card says. And after all the credit breaches, probably so do a lot of other people. (laughs) Paul and Silas sang. Because they had experienced something that they hadn't experienced yet in Ezra. They had experienced baptism in Jesus' name. And the infilling of the Holy Ghost. What they had experienced was new birth. And so in Acts 16, it didn't matter what their external circumstances were, what their location was, or how bad the pain was. Because in any condition, in any environment, nobody could take away the fact that they had been born again and that they were children of Israel. They didn't sing because of where they were or what blessings they were enjoying. They sang because they were children of Israel. They were children on the mountaintop. They were children in the valley. They were children in the temple. They were children in the prison. They were children of Israel. Everywhere they walked, no church Circumstance, no prison would ever change who they were. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to stand with me tonight if you would. Acts chapter 2, there was a group of people gathered together. And there was a preacher. And they were in an environment like this where the Holy Ghost was moving. And they asked that preacher, they said, what must we do to be saved? That preacher said, repent and be baptized, every one of you. In the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And ye shall be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. You know what he was explaining to them? New birth. He was telling them, if you want access, if you want to be adopted into the family, if you want to enjoy the benefits of the Father's house. You gotta repent. You gotta be baptized in Jesus' name. And you gotta be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And after that, you're one of us. You'll be part of the family. You'll be a child of Israel. You'll have access to the gifts of the kingdom. You'll have a new identity. You'll get to use your Father's name. You'll be a child of Israel. 
just a few moments. We're going to come down to this altar here tonight. And if you've never experienced new birth, if you've never been baptized in Jesus' name or filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, you can have that before you leave here tonight. <laughs> I was born in the country of Brazil, a little town called Cascavel, Paraná. My dad's a Brazilian. My mother's an American. And so because of that, I have two passports. I got a Brazilian passport and an American passport. And when I go to Brazil, I use my Brazilian passport because it gets me in quicker. I go through the short line because they say, hey, he's one of us, no problem. Come on in. And when I come back home, I pull out my American passport. And I get in the American citizen line because it's faster, it's easier. They say, come on in. A few years ago, my Brazilian passport was getting ready to expire, so I had to go to the Brazilian consulate in Washington, D.C. to get it renewed because I was going to go to Brazil soon, and I knew they wouldn't let me in with an expired passport. We need to understand here today that soon and very soon, there's going to be another decree made, but not by King Cyrus. It's going to be by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And he's going to call his bride home. We're going to line up at the door. And on that day, if I pull out that Brazilian passport, they're going to look at me and say, I'm sorry, you can't have access here with that. So I'm going to say, hey, no problem. Land of the free, home of the brave. I know what passport you need. One nation under God. I'm going to pull out my American passport. I'm going to say, I'm sorry. That's not going to get you in today. Today, there's only one passport that's going to get you in. you got to be a citizen of heaven. And if I show up with an expired passport, they're going to say, I'm sorry. You don't have time to go and get that renewed today. You needed to have that taken care of before you got here. If I show up with a visa and say, hey, uh, I was there on Christmas uh, and I was there on Easter and uh, I came to the kids program and every now and then I came down to the altar and uh, I felt the presence of God. They're going to say, I'm sorry. Today only valid passports to get through the door. No visitors, no tourists today. Only citizens of heaven. Hmm. I got good news for you this Sunday night. The consulate of heaven is open 
They got Sunday hours and they're accepting all applications. Nobody will be denied on this Sunday night. If you've never filled out your application to be a citizen of heaven, you can come to this altar and repent of your sins and he'll fill you with the gift of his spirit and you can walk out that door a child of Israel. I'm going to open up these altars right now. And I'm going to ask you to begin to come and make your way down here. I believe here tonight there's people that need to be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And Jesus is ready to fill you with the gift of the Holy Ghost. There's people in here tonight who showed up with an expired passport. It's been a long time since you've been in the house of God. It's been a long time since you talked to the Advocate. He wants to restore your relationship tonight. He wants to reconcile you to himself in this altar here tonight. Some of you tonight that need your benefits restored. It's been a long time since you used your daddy's name. He wants to put that ring back on your finger tonight. Maybe you woke up in a pig pen today and you came to yourself and said, I got to get to the house of God. He wants to put his robe on you and cover that mess. Maybe you've been wondering. You feel like you've just been drifting along in life without direction. He wants to put those shoes on your feet here tonight so that your steps will be ordered by the Father. If you're in this altar here tonight and you need a touch from the Lord, I want you to lift your hand right now. Come on, lift your hand if you need Jesus to touch you. Ministry team, if you would help me and just make your way across this altar here tonight. We're getting ready to pray. Listen, the first thing we're going to do here tonight is we're just going to repent together. Because they all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All of us have fallen. All of us have made mistakes. And so together as a family, we're going to begin to repent right now as the Holy Ghost begins to move uh, and work in this altar. Uh, I want you to lift your voice uh, and just ask the Lord to forgive you of your sins. Uh, Jesus, uh, Lord, I'm asking you right now uh, that you would wash us in your blood, uh, that you would cleanse us, uh, cleanse our minds, uh, cleanse our hearts, uh, cleanse our lives, uh, or create in us a clean heart, uh, renew in us a right spirit tonight Jesus forgive us of our sins hallelujah I hear me I'm going to ask you just a couple questions I want you to put your hands down. If you're in this place tonight and you've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost and you want God to fill you with the Holy Ghost tonight, 
I just want you to lift your hand right where you are. You don't have to move from your location. I just want you to lift your hand. I got one here. Hallelujah. 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 If you're in this room here tonight and you need restoration in your life, I'm not going to define that for you, but you know what that means for you. And you need God to touch you. You need restoration. I want you to lift a hand right now. We got hands all over. I'm going to pray a prayer of faith over this congregation here tonight. And when I do, this ministry team is going to begin to move and begin to pray for you. And God is going to touch you and meet your need here tonight. In Jesus' name. Come on, if you believe that, say amen. Hashanda. Every hand lifted across the building. Every eye closed. I want you to begin to lift your voice and let your faith out right now. By the authority of the word of God uh, and the power uh, of the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, oh, pour out uh, of your spirit uh, upon all flesh. Uh, oh, restore, uh, renew, uh, revive, uh, refill. Uh, receive you the Holy Ghost uh, in the name of Jesus Christ. Or it reaches to the highest mountain, and it flows to the lowest valley. Oh, the blood that gives me strength from death to death.
Yeah. 